0: Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Sarah S.A. Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In Awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome to the November series on mentorship, my friends. I am so deeply inspired by these conversations, and I am certain they are landing for you as well. Our guiding quote comes from Oprah Winfrey, a mentor is someone who allows you to see the hope inside yourself. And today's guest has a story that so perfectly aligns in many beautiful ways. Dr. Atina Young has had the opportunity to work in many levels of public school as a classroom teacher, school counselor, assistant principal, principal, and leadership specialist. Dr. Young's journey began as a middle school teacher. Working on her master's degree and expecting her first child, she found passion in making a bigger impact on students and teachers while following her dreams of being a wife and a mother. Six years and an additional child later, she decided to obtain her doctoral degree while working full-time as a principal and taking care of her family. She has developed expertise in K-12 education, leadership development, STEM, special education, small group instruction and intervention systems, rural and urban education, AVID, nonprofit organizations, resume revisions, mock interviewing, and mentoring. She's a graduate of Stephen F., Austin State University, the University of Houston, and Lamar University, and no big deal, but she is quite the celebrated leader, receiving the TEPSA Regional Assistant Principal of the Year, Smithsonian STEM Campus Administrator Fellow, Living Tree Communications Grant, Ladies of the Lake Foundational Leadership Award, and Houston's 40 Under 40 Influential Leader Distinction. Dr. Young and her husband, Travis, a fellow education administrator, have two children, Kayden and Kaylee. They reside in the Houston area. In this episode, we discuss Dr. Atina's experiences with professional mentoring in the school setting and her background in education, her connecting principal business and her focus on professional mentorship in that space. and Dr. Atina's passion. Sh- for serving women in leadership. And we finally talk about her insights into her beliefs and supporting professionals in their roles. I loved every moment of this conversation with a warm, bright, and strong leader. Her story was so powerful to hear about and serves as an important reminder to all in leadership to be present and to reach out to bring other leaders to the table. I am deeply honored to share with you Dr. Atina Young's
1: mentorship story.
0: Welcome Dr. Atina Young to the In Awe Podcast. I am so excited to have you on this show. Welcome, welcome.
1: Thank you so very much. I'm excited to be joining you. We
0: are so blessed and I cannot wait for listeners to get to know you. I cannot wait to get to know you better. We've had some really great talk in the pre-chat that just lets me know that this message is going to be so beautiful. So before we start, could you just share a little bit about your current context
1: and what you're up to in this beautiful world? Sure. Yes. I'm currently the owner of the Connecting Principal, started off as a ELA teacher and then moved into the assistant uh, school counseling and then assistant principalship. Um, in the assistant principalship, I became a principal after being on a campus that was what we require in our state as uh, school improvement needed. And so while I was in the principalship, my husband was able to get a promotion and became my supervisor. So I went to a neighboring school district and then became a principal there. And so um, as I started working through my doctoral work, I found the need to mentor and coach principles, which is what I focused on with my dissertation. And so now I am working and supporting school leaders. And I also do the connecting principal uh, consulting pieces, resume writing and mentoring part time. I love
0: that. It's such a beautiful journey. And I love the fact that your husband got <laughs> hired as your supervisor. That's interesting. Oh so yeah. and then our we have similar roots in the fact that we were both ELA teachers at one point and principals. So I always love finding my people. <laughs>
1: Yes, and I absolutely I love ELA. There's nothing like it.
0: <laughs> absolutely not. And so, okay, well, we have you here, obviously, perfectly situated on the series on mentors. And I just love your journey um, in considering how you got to where you are now, where you've started your own services. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that journey. What was it that got you, by the way, started? You went from ELA teacher to counselor, Can you talk a little bit about that shift?
1: Absolutely. You know, I will tell you one of the biggest pieces was the mentoring that my campus principal, who was a female, she was the only female in the district at the time, only female principal. Let me say that Um, all of the remainder of her administration staff was males. And, and I want to say maybe the first or second year, they offered a scholarship for uh, teachers to go back to college. And she just popped in my classroom one day and she says, you are going to make a great administrator one day. I had not seen myself in that light. And so I said, well, OK, you know, I was kind of brushing off like, OK. And maybe a month later, she re- reiterated the same thing in one of our you know feedback meetings. And she says, we have a scholarship. And I would love for you to apply for it to go back and get your master's. I sat on it. I applied and they paid half of the tuition. And so through that, I was able to get my school counseling certification. And then I just kept going after that. I just really got into the work and how it was really helping and benefiting students. And so I just I kept going. I absolutely love that
0: story. I knew that there would be something there, but I did not expect it to be this beautiful tie through of your own life and and how you serve others. And especially that idea of the dynamic of having a female principal to speak that into you. Um, because I think And maybe you can tell me that your experience has been different, but a lot of times we have women in leadership that will either approach it the way that she did, which was to reach back and reach out and, you know, pull you up into this position. Or you have like this competitive piece, right? Where women feel like there's only so much room at that table. And so they kind of put their elbows out and (laughs) keep that space for themselves. So I love that you had somebody who did that with you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, Sarah, I will tell you, it makes a world of a difference because you, you, you just talked about that whole dynamic of having the opposite. Once I left that campus and went to another campus and became the counselor- I was then hired as the assistant principal on that same campus. And while everything was fine while I was the school counselor, I did see a piece of that shift when I became the assistant principal. You know what I mean? Kind of like, okay, but this is where I need you to be. And we don't want to I don't want to move too much forward. I want to keep things the way that they are. So I've had both. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's so interesting. And so what is it? Do Do you think that then um, nudged you to the next level? Because you said you were you know, hesitant, like you didn't really see that inside of yourself. You had this really beautiful mentor in your life to get you started. But what kept you moving? Because not only have you been an accomplished leader, you know, like I read in your bio, you you're award winning, you've got your doctorate. This is these are many steps that you've taken. What do you think kept pressing you forward even when you came up against a wall like that?
1: I would say the first thing that really came to mind is considering and really wanting to be the role model piece for so many. I am on my father's side. I am the first college graduate. My grandparents did not have an education um, past middle school. And there were several reasons behind it because they lived in a very small town here in Texas and their school only went to eighth grade. And I remember my grandmother always saying and promoting, you know, I really want you to hone in and get your education. Now, during the time where I was getting my first my master's degree in school counseling, she actually was diagnosed with colon cancer. And she passed right in the middle of that. And so that was kind of my momentum. Like I have to keep going. I can't stop. And so I always tried to do the, you know, my very best in any position that I was placed in along the way funny story, um, in getting into school counseling, I encountered some students and um, they were foster students, students in foster care. And, and and one really, really, really touched me. And we were trying to help um, our local uh, agency try to find parents for this young man. And, you know, I was talking about all the wonderful things he was doing. I was working with the outside therapist, like he had done a whole 180. And I went home and I told my husband, I think I want to adopt. <laughs> and my husband was like, no, wait a minute. This is a lot. And what happened was out of that, he ended up finding we were able to find his family, but I couldn't let that go. And so we end up adopting our uh our daughter. And just in that journey and talking to other people, I had a mentor. But then I started noticing I became a mentor and then I realized that then it started engulfing me in the professional realm. So by this time I was a principal. I had some uh, some of my instructional staff and I could just for some reason, I felt like I had like this vision that it just, if we were truly going to be a team, I had to build the capacity of others for sustainability that, you know, was looking for the good and what's best for kids and what's best for, you know, our community. And so out of that, I just kept that whole mentoring piece. I just thought about that first principle and how she just kept pushing me and pushing me. I mean, even through, you know, the death of my grandmother and things of that nature, like you can't stop now. And so just thinking of those two pieces really honed in for me and allowed me to just keep Keep moving. And they've always been at the forefront, those two pieces.
0: So some really beautiful connections. And uh, I love that you just wove so much of your story right into that response. There's a lot there. (laughs) Right. Uh, So. Okay. Well, I mean, I look at your work and I look at your bio and you as a person, and I'm just really inspired by you because you have here that you are a mentor to current and future. You're welcome. A mentor to current and future educators. And that is something that, um, you know, a lot of us that get into leadership, I don't know why, but for some reason you have where you get into, I don't think maybe the hamster wheel, maybe of the principalship where you get so busy that you forget that one of your main jobs as a leader is to build other leaders, but clearly that's not been the case for you. It's at the forefront. What do you think um, has inspired you to not only strive up, but to reach out and help lift others up?
1: I would say it's I truly believe in servant leadership. You know, I've heard several people toss that around, but I wholeheartedly believe that whatever your vision and mission is, whether it's on your campus or in life, that they tend to come together. And so for me, it's always been um, a connector. I, I don't know if, how many people are familiar with the whole finder, but every so often I take the Gallup finder and the one that comes off on top for me is Connector. And so part of being, um, a con- well, connectedness, part of being a connector is really looking at that piece and thinking, okay, so now that we've made some connections, what is it that you want to do? Where do you see yourself? And how can I fit in that equation to help you? Because it it, ta- it kind of takes it away from, it's no longer about me, but it, I truly believe in it's about serving others and for the greater good of everything that we do.
0: That's so good. And so since we kind of went there, you want to talk about that. You have the, con- <laughs> the Connectures connection. I love that. That's from Strength Finders. But the connecting principle, um, how long have you been providing services through that name? And what exactly, if people are interested in connecting with you, do you do to help others grow?
1: So it started off um, just being something simple, a social media post um, when I had to leave one campus and go to another. I thought I need to journal this. I wonder if people are experiencing the same thing that I'm experiencing. So that was started in 2016. And then as I started going and and sharing stories and things of uh, great things that were happening in public education, then it went into hey, can you help me? I, I, I'm I looking for a mentor. Or can you help me? I need help with my resume or my, my interest letter. I can't get in the door. Um, I need help interviewing. I'm nervous. I've had two and I've made it to a certain level. And so it just grew out of those pieces. And so we really like to hone in and start at the foundational piece of let us work with you in um, how to get you to that level, um, really honing in to who you are as a person and then who you are as a leader and let's make that connectedness there so that you can find a fit in a campus or a school district that works for you. And then on top of that, um, that's when we start the mentorship and then if there's some leadership coaching that needs to take place, don't mind, we, we do the leadership coaching in pieces as well. And um, I will tell you most recently as lately, That has come out of this whole piece is the whole motivation piece and trying and motivating others. So, motivational speaking has now become an additional part of this.
0: That is, um, that's awesome because I was just looking through your website and I love it. The idea that you have, you started just this wonderful support service by the initial asks, you know, resume writing services, motivational speaking services and mock interviewing, too. I always say that one of the most important things that people can do when they're trying to gain into a position, and they might keep getting the no is to do mock interviews. Is that something that you I mean, do you find value in that yourself? I mean, what what does that look like for people who purchase that service?
1: I will tell you, I absolutely love the mock interviewing piece, and the reason being is I think of athletes. Athletes have these playbooks, and they practice, you know, so many hours a week, and then perform one to two to three hours on the weekend. So this is kind of like the playbook piece to kind of practice before you get out there and 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 take it—a a term that we've used often—is when you take it live. And so I love the whole mock interviewing piece. I will tell you, um, you have people who come in from all walks of life, all different personalities. And with the mock interviewing piece, sometimes there's some fear there or um, they don't they don't know how they're perceived on the other end. And so with doing so, we tackle everything from. Posture, eye contact, looking at your resume. Um, now that we're virtual, we can still do those same practices and pieces. And I love it when they finish the mock interviewing and they text me or they email and say, "I got the job." And then I we we celebrate like no one's business. You know, we get really excited because it's like you put in that practice for that piece, and and it gives them an opportunity to really clear. And, and hear those questions and think before getting in front of someone and they're stuck. And so we just allow that practice piece, but I will tell you our success rate has been very, very well, especially right now through uh, shifting virtual, because a lot of schools and school districts were, were not doing face to face. And so um, having some of those practices and we had um, a series that we did in July, you know, how to get you in the door and looking at that whole piece um, really helped a lot of our participants and a lot of our, our customers in getting in the door. Um, and so what has, has started as leaders is now trickling down to teachers. And so now we have some teacher candidates that are coming in and we're doing the same thing.
0: I love that so much. And I'm sure I just even think about my own little network and the conversations we were having about those Zoom interviews and how uncomfortable they were, (laughs) and just how awkward it is because you don't know how you're coming off. And as somebody who is before COVID even hit, we would sometimes have um, virtual interviews because maybe a candidate was in another country or something like that. And just the range of seeing what people aren't doing to present themselves the best way <laughs> via mm-hmm. video conferencing. I'm just trying to figure out the nicest way to put that. Um, I bet that, that that was a need for sure. And I can I can see where it'll be continuing to be a need. So that's awesome. You rose up to do that. Um, one of the things not that this is about me, but it's making me smile because one of the things I remember doing as an undergraduate was I worked for the career services um, on campus at my university and got to do resume writing feedback. And it is so interesting to see the different range of you know, people's understanding of what the good resume looks like. And then being a person who you know reviewed them so much, and then also being a candidate who puts things out there periodically, um, it's really interesting to know that a uh, service is out there. What do you think if you could give anybody a tip that's listening uh, in terms of their resume nowadays? Was what What's something that you see that people could benefit from? Just one tidbit.
1: I would say that lengthy written pieces in your resume does not always equal a better candidate. When you it that resume and then how you articulate in the interview also has to match as well. But I'm finding more and more that those lengthy resumes and, and I don't know about you, but that's how when I was an undergrad, that's how they taught us. <laughs> and so making sure that you include all of this information. Um, but. That's not really what most are looking for right now. They're looking for pockets and snippets of um, not only some keywords, but how well you can condense that. And then when you get to the interview, how well you can articulate and speak to your experience with every question that they're asking you.
0: Yeah, it's such an interesting Skill in itself to present your, yourself in a succinct way like that on a resume. Um, and yes, absolutely, we were taught three to five bullet points at least. I know that much. <laughs> and I, the older we get, the longer it's harder to distill what's important to keep on that resume, too, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But there's there's a method to doing so. There there's a method that works. Um, and then I would also say the. I call it the bone of the resume, but the structure of the resume. Does it have an up-to-date or modern feel? So that's also another uh, takeaway that someone can utilize if they're looking to update their resume.
0: So it definitely shouldn't look like a typewriter, did it? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There you go, listeners. That one was for free. Oh, thank you for sharing a little bit of that insight. And then finally, one thing I wanted to say before we step off, because I found you through the Connecting Principle uh, account that you have on Instagram. I love your work. I love um, the positivity, the focus on gratitude lately that I've been seeing on that account. But I also really love that one of your um, focuses is celebrating women in leadership. Do you want to talk a little bit about that passion?
1: Yes. Um, and thank you so much for checking out um, the Instagram profile that came out of um, um, just, hey, uh, I did a um, another event with another uh, person that you've also had on your show, Principal Captain Kirk. She reached out to me and was like, I want to talk about women in leadership. And then afterwards we continued to talk. And, you know, I said, you know, we don't get celebrated as much. And I think I want to do something to celebrate us. So I just reached out to several that I follow or the, that follow me on Instagram. And so I have planned um, an entire year's worth of celebrating female leadership. And one of the key takeaways that I, two key takeaways that I really focus on is um, we we all feel like all women wear crowns, but the crowns that we wear, are we mothers? Are we sisters? You know, we're leaders. What are those other things that we're doing outside of being school leaders or leaders? And then what particular piece of inspiration can we provide for the next generation of female leaders? Because I feel like that's an important piece where we really um, can hone in on. Um, I mentioned earlier being a principal of a, of a campus and my particular campus focused on STEM. But what I found was when we were doing a research to become a nationally STEM certified campus, there was less than 3% of women in STEM. And so we then made a decision to hone in on our young girls and, and try to get them into this field if that's something they were interested in. So. It's all about, you know, empowering everyone but at the same time empowering us Um, because I think it's time. It's time.
0: Absolutely. And of course, (laughs) I love Jamila. I'm so glad that you two are connected. And I love that from the support of one another that you could come up with this beautiful idea. And I do agree it's about time. And honestly, I wouldn't have this podcast, of course, if I didn't have the same sensibilities. But I do think it's really Mm -hmm. critical that we... Uh, are. And we're almost on a, uh, not even almost, I think it's uh, important that we're unapologetic about doing that for one another, because if we don't, yeah. we're just going to continue to see the same trend that we've seen for uh, the history of our country. And, um, I think like you said, it's time. And I mean, especially now we know that we've lived in a pretty divisive time period <laughs> in our country that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, we need more positive voices and more celebrations. I agree. So thank you for doing that good work.
1: All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, for, for sharing that piece. <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: So um, another piece that I wanted to connect on before we moved off of this is I know that you and I talked about, um, you know, the world right now is is so different with COVID and 2020, and we don't know what that's going to look like, uh, you know, even moving in the next several months. But I do want to talk about what your dream and your vision is for the Connecting Principle. If you could, obviously it's successful already, uh, but What would you like to see come out of your efforts in that area in the future?
1: You know, it's funny you ask that question and we've talked about it. But when I sit back and I just think about all of the things that have taken place, I would say that. I'd love to just continue the work and honing and working with others along this journey. Um, I do want to get into blogging more um, because I will tell you with the work that I do right now and then working with the Connecting Principal part time, it is kind of taking away some of that piece, but really sharing not only stories of celebrating women, but stories of um, hey, here is what a modern female leader, these are some of the things that, you know, I unpack or we unpack on a daily basis, kind of like in the life or experience of. And I also want to see the connecting principle grow eventually to become a full-time service uh, consulting firm if the opportunity presents itself. So just really continuing to work with, um, All leaders, female, male, it it doesn't matter. But then, you know, making sure that we are um, connecting to what's happening in the world, um, but also connecting to making the world a better place. And I think we do that, you know, with one small nugget or piece at a time. And I, for one, can say that I am ready and I'm willing to continue doing that.
0: I love it, and I just think you're so perfectly suited for it. Um, you know, going back to that strength finders piece, you talked about connecting, and I love that you found a way to hone that in so deeply into this passion and this vision. And I can't wait to see what it becomes for you and the people that you serve. It's it's inspiring, and I know that um, it's just one of those things that I can tell when our short conversation that is meant for you. So I hope all of those beautiful visions come true and more. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the um, role that you serve right now is in support of principals. Do you want to shed any light or share a little bit about that role in terms of what that looks like right now in the midst of COVID? (laughs)
1: Well, I will tell you, it's not usual. This is an unusual school year. Um, while we may have had some you know, procedures and processes and things working very well prior to COVID, um, once COVID hit, it's like we were all in this reactor mode. OK, what is this going to look like? How are we going to get this out? And then there was also the fear of the unknown. As the summer started coming along, now we have some things that we really have to hone in on to make sure that we have a smooth transition at the beginning of the year. And then the beginning of the year comes along and things are working well. And then we get hit with Choctober. And I call it Choctober <laughs> because you have these pieces, you know, you're doing all this planning in, you know, July and August, and then August comes and you're trying to see if they're working very well. But then the honeymoon period fades. Phases. And the honeymoon period usually happens in October. So with that is we don't know. Um, things change from day to day. One of the things that I really work hard in is making sure that we stay encouraged, we stay celebrated, and that, you know, although this may be hard because it's hard for everybody That we become that centerpiece. I have not found, uh, and this is just from my experience, often from those who support leadership, it's usually that top-down approach, and I need you to do it, I need you to do now. Whereas my approach is a little different. Okay, let's all get together. Let's kind of unpack this together. We may not be able to think of every possible scenario, but let's think about what works best for you because campus A may not be like campus C. And so just kind of keeping those things in the forefront so that we have a system that, where they feel not only supported, but they feel like they have a voice and that they feel like they can get up the next day and it's not as draining, but that then it trickles down what I call somewhat like a ripple effect and that their staff and students and community feel the same. So just really trying to look at the bigger picture. I cannot tell you what the future is going to hold because um, I'm in Texas and where I'm located in Texas, we do have a very, very high COVID rate and it seems to steadily climb. But at the same time, have to making sure that we are proactive to providing them with the support and services that are best.
0: It's so good um, because it would be all too easy to get stuck in the mud, Um of things. And so it sounds like you are in the exact right role. <laughs> and also sound, you were spoken like a true mentor, right? Like when you said you can't do the top-down leadership really anytime that doesn't work super well, but right now just being in, you know, the boat <laughs> rowing along, right? Like it's just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) So good. And what a gift um, for them to have you. Um, You know, we we talked in the pre-chat. I've only ever worked in districts where I was the only, you know, high school principal and I had a dean of students, but otherwise it was like, you're the only person really, you don't have multiple campuses or people to lean on. Um, And so I found in my own work where I get to coach principals, they're just, nobody really has the answers. And if they're dealing with a system where they're expected to have the answers um, or they're expected to follow directives or whatever that is, it can be uh, more soul sucking than ever. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> it was always mm-hmm. going to be hard to work in a system like that. But man, just being in that middle management role right now, where all of a sudden principals are in charge of contact tracing and dealing with, uh, you yeah. know, shutting down a sports and, and all of these different things that, Nobody ever, when you signed up to be a principal, you didn't really realize you were going to be signing up for things like that that got added to your plate. So just continuing yeah. that positivity is so huge and, and knowing that they're supported by you has okay. to matter.
1: I hope so, because I, I I make sure that when I leave, there's something positive each day. Yeah, I can check something off. <laughs> That's
0: right. And you know, anytime, uh, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't really position myself as a person who is mentoring my friends and colleagues, but I often am reaching out to those that I'm closest with. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that I coach or whatever, that's a whole different arena, but just my friends. And I will just send them messages, reminding them just you know, you're in the right spot, you this battle is meant for you, this, (laughs) you wouldn't be in it if it wasn't meant for you, because it's just a tough time. And I think we need people to speak life into us more than ever. Um, And so anyway, thank you for being that person for (laughs) and and for sharing that message on the podcast. It's really good.
1: Oh, thanks.
0: All right, my friend. So we're coming to the end, which feels crazy because time flies by so fast. But I have those two standard questions that I have to ask you, and I can't wait to hear about them from you. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. OK, so the first one is if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say?
1: I would tell my younger self. I would go to... um my younger self at 10. And I would say, do not sell yourself short. 10 was kind of that quirky period where I didn't know exactly um, just a lot of the mixed emotions and feelings. It's also the time where my family uprooted and we moved to a city from rural life. So that was a huge transition for me. So I would say, continue being you. And do not sell yourself short and always go with, you know, your first mind.
0: That's so good. And I love that you said that was a quirky time because I think that's exactly right. It's <laughs> <laughs> right in between where my two daughters are right now. So I'm looking at that thinking <laughs> a lot about the life that I speak into them. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, or don't. Okay. So how about this one? If listeners find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, what could you say to help
1: them rise up out of it? Daily affirmations. Daily affirmations. Um, I have affirmations um, that I post all around. They're everywhere. They're in my office. There is one in my car and there are several on my mirror in my restroom. So daily affirmations. And the one when I am brushing my teeth at night, that's like right in front of me on the mirror says, what's one positive thing that has happened today? And so it doesn't matter if I'm in doubt or I overthink things. It brings me back. Okay, there is something for me to be grateful for. And I am a truly blessed person because I get the opportunity to think on this side of the earth. So I would say daily affirmations.
0: I love what you just said, that you're a blessed person that you get to think on this side of the earth. And that timing um, was just interesting for me right now that you said that. So I just thank you for that. I always believe there's a mission in our message and yours landed right there for me in just a really interesting space. Dr. Atina, I just think you are so fascinating and I'm so grateful that you would come on this podcast with me. Can't wait for my listeners to get in touch with you. What is the best way for them to engage with you after this interview?
1: Um, well, they can find me on Instagram. It's at the I also have a website and it is uh the as well. And I am also on Facebook as the Connecting Principal. I'm working on that piece, trying to get a little bit more active on Facebook. It's a little hard. <laughs> Facebook requires a lot more than Instagram. <laughs> so I those three: <laughs> either Instagram, Facebook, or the web website. Um if it- any chance they want to reach out to me via email, it's the connecting principle at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. And, you know, you are a full-time working mother with this wonderful side gig, so I'm pretty sure you're going to be okay if you're not super active on any one of the <laughs> social media <laughs> but I will make sure to link them all so that listeners can get in touch with you uh, because those services that you provide through the connected in principle is just awesome. Um, and so I'm sure that there are many listeners that could benefit from just getting that eye over the resume, get some tips on mock interviewing, anything like that. So listeners make sure that you check out those website uh, pieces and get connected with that mentorship. Thank you so much, Dr. Atina. I'm so grateful that you were here on the podcast and I just wish you the very best of the rest of this month.
1: Thank you so very much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.